Hey, let me share with you the big idea for tonight. All right, you ready? Here's the big idea for tonight. A believer completely surrendered to the Lordship of Christ is dependent on God's Word to help us deal with temptation. Now, we're in a series called Only Jesus. Week one was completely obedient, and we heard an incredible story from Morgan and Kinsey as they shared their journey of how they put their yes on the table. That if you're going to be completely sold out for Christ, if you're going to, in your life, say, only Jesus, then there's going to be some things along the way. One is being completely obedient to his call on your life. If you're going to say, only Jesus, last week we talked about how we're going to be completely surrendered Oh, what a beautiful night that was. How many of you were here last week? Oh, goodness. Do y'all still have your white flag? Does some of y'all still have your white flag? I've kept mine all, right here all week. I'm ready. I got my white flag ready to go. Woo, woo, woo. Um, and so that was last week, and this week is completely dependent. These are all characteristics of what it really means to surrender to the lordship of Christ. Lordship is a big word. Lordship is one of those words you're like, uh, I don't know. Um, but lordship simply means to make Jesus boss of your life. That when you come into a relationship with him through salvation, you're basically saying, I'm taking the crown off of my head and I'm going to put it on Jesus' head because he's the man. And I want him to be the man over my life as I live for him. That's what it means to have only Jesus as the focus of your life. Our theme verse for our ministry, Hebrews 12, 2, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. That's what it needs to be. As a believer in Christ, the one thing that's in front of us should be only Jesus. The only thing that should be in front of my life should be what? Only, let's all say it together, only Jesus. And so here we are with this big idea for tonight, that those who are completely surrendered to the Lordship of Christ are completely dependent on God's Word. What is the opposite of dependent? Independent. means separated from, I got my own thing. How many of you would agree that our culture has got that mentality? Let me do mine. Let me do my own thing. And many times, culture is dependent on self. They're dependent on their own ambition, their own success. You see, they crave success. That's what they want. They want to be accepted. They make it all about them. But for the believer in Christ, it's quite the opposite. We're not dependent on self. We're dependent on only Jesus. That's what we're dependent on. And so as we dive into this tonight, we're going to dive into, a lot of times you hear that word dependent like you hear pastors like me get up and say you need to depend on God like you know and many times they don't tell you how or why or what but tonight is one of those moments that I'm going to try my best to help articulate to all of us what does it really mean to depend on God and we're going to use this one little thing called temptation and what we're going to see is as we depend on God in the middle of temptation we're going to see a bunch of different uh, points. And we're going to take those points and then we're going to apply them to more than just temptation. We can pretty much apply it to all of life. And how does it really mean, what does it really mean for us to depend on him? And so on your talk sheet, I gave you three blanks. 
What are the things that you depend on most in your life? Okay, we're going to say, if you're a believer in Christ, the given is Jesus, all right? But everything outside of Jesus, think in your life, what are, the, what are three things that you depend on the most? Ready to go. Write them down. Write them down. Three things in your life you depend on the most. I'm going to share my list with you here in just a second, but I want to give you an opportunity to brainstorm. You're not laughing? Oh, you're laughing. Okay, you're crying too. Okay, so uh, we're going to play a little game called Scategories. Have y'all ever played Scategories? You know what this is? So I'm going to read my answer, okay? And if my answer matches what's on your piece of paper, you get no points. But if my answer is different than your answer, okay? I'm going to read all of mine, by the way. Uh, If they're different, then you get a point, all right? So every unique answer on the things that you depend on you get a point. Does that make sense? So if, in other words, if it's not on my list, you get a point. All right? No, that's just a given. Uh, I'll put Jesus. I'll say Jesus. No points. Okay. All right. All right. The first one, you ready? The first one that I put down on my list is cell phone. Okay. Okay. Then you get a point. If it's not on your list, if it's not on your list, Number two, Wi-Fi. Did anybody put Wi-Fi? I get a point. Hey. All right. Number three, food. Hey, but I caveat it. Okay, I caveat it. Here's what I put. A Sonic cookie dough Snickers blast. How many of you depend on that? So I got a point. All right, here we go. Uh, number was it? Uh, you have three. I have like eight. Okay, coffee. How many of you depend on coffee? James, you put that on your. Oh, he's holding a cup right there. All right. Uh, here's my next one. Underwear. Is that on anybody's list? I'm getting a point. How are you not dependent on underwear? They actually named underwear depends on purpose. Okay. All right, number was that number five? Okay, next one is tires. Okay, car. Okay, some of you depend on your car, but you could not go anywhere if you didn't have tires. That little, you know, rubber that meets the road kind of thing. All right. The last one I put on my list, and maybe maybe not be on yours, is bolts. Like bolts. You know those little bolts? Like I'm standing on a stage. And if this stage did not have bolts, where would this stage be? On the ground. You depend on a bolt. Praise God. Right now, some of you are depending on plastic. Those chairs don't have bolts in them. They're just plastic, right? (laughs) You are depending a lot on different things. Oh, they do? Okay, well then, great. Aren't you glad that chair has bolts? Aren't you glad? Hey, there are so many things that we depend on in life. So many so many, right? And sometimes we, we, we remember though and we appreciate them, but so many times we don't. Now, I think this is we, like bolts. It, it's, it's something we depend on, but it's not something we think about a lot. And it's the same in our relationship with Christ. There are so many times that we don't depend on Jesus because we think of him just like a regular bolt. It's just, he's a part of, you know, I just... It just, it just is. And we never really depend on him 
nor what he has given us in his word. And we just go through life going, okay, I, I can do this. If you really are dependent, truly dependent on something or someone, you're probably going to appreciate it a whole lot more. You're going to think about it a whole lot more. You're going to look around and go, oh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for my car. I'm thankful for all of these things. These are the things that we depend on. And here's the the analogy is, how much are you depending on God's word to get you through life? Or is it just something that sits off to the side, I pick it up every now and then? Because if you really depend on it, you'll use it. If you really depend on it, you'll lean on it. If you really depend on it, you'll read it. You'll devour it as a part of your life because you know that you cannot move and you cannot live another day without getting in it. And so that's where we're going. Someone, a believer in Christ, who's completely surrendered to the lordship of Christ depends on God's word to get them through anything. I can't do another day without getting in God's word. And so here we go. You ready for this? How do I deal with temptation? You love me because I'm a preacher and I alliterate the whole thing, all right? They're all D words, okay? So as I handle temptation, I, let me back up. There's one verse I want us to look at. If you have your Bible, great. I'll put the reference there. But it is Psalm 119, 9 through 16. Psalm 119, 9 through 16. We'll have it up on the screen for you. But I want to dive in here. How can a young person, that's me and you, because I consider myself young, Stay on the path of purity. Now, that's not just a sexual purity. That's just purity staying away from the evil of the world. Because the evil of the world contaminates. And so here we are. How does a young person stay pure? By living according to your what? Word. I seek you with all my heart. Don't let me astray from your commands. I have hidden your word. In my heart that I may not sin against you. Praise be to you. Lord, teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that become that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices with great riches. I meditate. I get this. I love this. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. How do I know his ways? It's because I look at it and I see it in his word. And lastly, he says, I will not neglect your word. I think David just hit one right out the park. You know, King David right there, writing Psalm, just hit one right out of the park. This is exactly what we need to hear as it relates to how are we going to do this thing called life? By living according to your word. And so here we go, the first D. How do I deal with temptation according to God's word? One, as I learn to depend on the word for wisdom. Now, I know what you're thinking. Steve, as I look into God's word, it doesn't say, like it's for those of y'all who are going off to college, which I know there's several seniors in the room. One of the biggest questions seniors have is, where am I going to go to college? Now, if I'm depending on God's word to tell me that answer, I, I gotta be honest with you. I've read the Bible from cover to cover. It doesn't say, hey, Steve, you're supposed to go to Carson Newman College uh, and that's where you're going to be there for six years. That's not what it says, right? Sometimes we look at God's word and we go, God, please tell me what I'm supposed to do. Now, here's the thing about God's word. It's much more than just a manuscript. Like, it's much more than, you know, there's things that you hear and you read in God's word and it's so clear. But when you take God's word and you partner it with prayer, 
When you take God's word and you partner it with meditating and thinking and dwelling on the word, when you put those two things together, it's like wonder twin powers activate. Like it just, I just dated myself. That's an old cartoon back then, way back then. It was like wonder twins was the name of it. YouTube it, you'll find it. Um, and so it was, it was one, like when you put those two things together, it's like the words jump off the page for us. We start seeing things in God's word and he, God reveals his plan for us, even if it, what college we're supposed to go to. And so many times we need to, and depending on his, word, on his word for wisdom, we've got to be into see and hear the words of God and the characteristics of God written in his word and begin to apply those specifically to our lives. Basically, it would say, hey, you need to pray about it. God's word would simply say, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about those things. But by prayer and petition, present those requests to God. We learn that in God's word. So we take that truth that, God, I want to know my future. (laughs) I'm hearing that in God's word. And so I want to apply that for my future. And so I'm going to start praying for that. Dear God, is Carson Newman the place I'm supposed to go? Is it Memphis? Is it Union? Whatever. Seniors, there you go. There, I gave you the formula right there. Start seeking the word. A couple of verses that really support this. This is really great. The precepts of this Psalm 19.8. It says, the precepts of the Lord are right. They're always right. They're never wrong. They're right. Rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure. Enlightening the eyes. If you want to know where to go, look into God's word. Psalm 119.105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. Cole, where are you at? Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a what? A light unto my path. If you're wanting to know what the future looks like, look in God's word. And lastly, and Ms. Kristen mentioned this verse earlier, 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is inspired by God. It is profitable for teaching. Profitable. That means it's good. It's a plus sign in your bank account to have God's word a part of your life. It's profitable for teaching for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. If we want to grow in our relationship with the Lord, the source of God's word, that's where we find it. And ladies and gentlemen, if you neglect it, it's not going to pay off for you. It's just not. That's how invaluable, how important it is for the believer who is completely surrendered to the lordship of Christ is dependent on the word. i got to have the word. Number two, the letter, second D is that we need to learn how to deal with temptation head on. Deal with temptation head on. We cannot skirt around temptation. You can't. Here's what temptation leads to. Sin. Let me help you out. Some of us dance around temptation. We just allow it to be a part of our lives, and we never really chop it off at the knees. We allow that temptation just to be a part of our lives because we selfishly think, I can handle it. I can just do it. I can do it on my own. I got this. I'm strong enough. I don't know about you, but the moments of temptation that have come for me in my life, I have not found myself to be strong. I have found myself to be weak. And the evil one wants me to be weak. And so he'll dance that temptation around me every time. You know what? I love God's word and how active and how it cuts to the heart, one of who we are, and it cuts to the heart of what temptation is, and it helps us, it grows us, it develops us into 
a godly person as we dive into God's word and we hear God's word and we apply it to our lives. And when we look at the sin and the temptation around us, we could punch it in the face. So no, not today, Satan. Because I know God's word and what God's word says. In Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and pierces as far as the vision of soul and spirit to both joints and marrow and able this is so good, to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. This is what God's word does. And so when you're, if you're facing temptation, if you're facing a sin and you're desperate to get out of it, don't try to do it on your own. Oh, I can, I, I can do it. I could just cut it out. I could just click it or I'll just delete the app and it'll be gone, right? Uh, you're trying to do it on your own. In the middle of temptation, one of the greatest tools you have is sitting by your bed and it's God's word. If you would just simply read it, get in it, study it, marinate on it, that means sit and soak. You marinate on it, he'll guide you through that temptation. I gotta go faster. Number three, develop good habits of getting in the word. We're gonna talk more about this here in just a minute, but I wanna show you how important it is to have a good habit. If you wanna overcome temptation in your life and use God's word to do it, you got to develop a habit. A habit is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. There are bad habits and there are good habits. Bad habits would be in drinking alcohol every day. That's a bad habit, all right? But a good habit would be reading God's word every day, right? And so have a good habit. He talks about in Psalm 119, 165, it says, those who love your law will have great peace. Nothing causes them to stumble. Nothing in God's word will cause you to stumble. Whew, that's good, isn't it? That's good. Matthew 4, 4 says this. This is Jesus talking. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And how do I hear the mouth of God? How do I hear the voice of God? Getting in his word. Oh, yeah, he could talk anytime he wants. But he's talking all the time when you read his word and you hear his word. We're going to talk more about what it means to have good habits here in just a minute. I'll come back to that. Number four, number 4D is to delight in the Word. Now, I don't know about you, but I love a good pizza. Do I have any pizza lovers in the house? Okay, have any of you been to Rockendo Pizza? Rockendo? Rockendo just opened up a new location right here off of Germantown, and um, it's right over by the Kroger right over there. Um, and they have a pizza in there. This is before I started dieting. Uh, they have pizza in there called the carnivore pizza. Okay, you can only imagine what that is. It is every meat known to man that is sitting on a piece of bread with a bunch of cheese. It is, and you got to get the large, right? You got to get the large pizza. Okay, at Rockendo, I'm not exaggerating, okay? The large is about this big around. Am I, am I right, Christian? That joker is huge, all right? It is that big around. And the slices are about like that. And here's, yeah, somebody's feeling me. Come on. Come on, Jacob. Uh, so that's, that joker is big. And it's like one of those pizzas where you pick it up and it just, because it's so heavy, right? You have to have two-hander on that thing. And I just love it. I think it's incredible. I, I delight myself in that carnivore pizza. You know what I mean? Hey, guess what? We're supposed to do that with God's word too. You know, it actually tells us to eat it. 
You're like, what? Am I supposed to wad that thing? <laughs> I'm telling you, this is what God's word said. I'm not making this up. All right, here we go. First uh, Peter 2, 2 through 3 says this. Like newborn babies long for pure milk of the word. That's pure milk. That's like to drink it, right? So that you may grow in respect to salvation. That if you tasted the kindness of the Lord. Wow, tasted. Psalm 119, 97 says this, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. Ooh, that's something that you just devour, you just eat. This one's really good, Jeremiah 15, 16. It says, your words were found and I ate them. (laughs) That's in the Bible, y'all. I ate them and your words became for me a joy and the delight of my heart. Do you like God's word? Do you like it? Love it. That a girl. Like, but if you truly like it, then you're going to want to get in it, right? And this is what it means to depend on God's word. That if I'm truly going to depend on God's word, then I'm going to get in it. I'm going to delight in it. And every time I read it, every time I go for it, I'm going to try my best. I get it. Some of you are at that place where you're like, Steve, I read some of the stuff in Leviticus. I ain't know what they're saying. There's some weird laws in there that are just like, I'm supposed to do what? If an axe handle flies off and hits a guy in the head, what am I supposed to do? Take him outside the tent? You know, like what? That's it. That's Leviticus, y'all. Get in there and read it. Like it, it is one of those books of the Bible. You're like, how in the world? But there's so much good stuff in Leviticus of how we are to obey the Lord. And we're supposed to walk in obedience to him. We're not supposed to entertain any other gods but we are to live our lives wholly pleasing to him. That's in Leviticus. Hey, as we study it, as we marinate over it, and I get it, sometimes it's confusing, but the more you're in it, the more you delight in it. When you taste something good, you always go back to it. And that's what delighting in the word is like. And the last D is defend yourself. Defend yourself by using God's word against the evil one. Oh, come on. This is where temptation happens. The evil one's going to come at you. He knows you're a believer in Christ. He knows you're trying. He knows you're going to, (laughs) he's going to make you trip and fall. He's coming after you. But if we read in Ephesians 6 and we see the armor of God and how the armor of God is literally (laughs) the helmet of salvation. And it is the word of truth that we are to clothe ourselves with as we do battle with the evil one. Y'all, you cannot handle the evil one on your own. You can't. You need the power of God moving through your life. And where do I find that power? By devouring and using God's word to do the battle for me. When you're in the midst of a battle of a temptation with the evil one, start quoting scripture. Just start quoting scripture. Greater is he that is in me than is in the world. Start quoting scripture. Use the power of God's word to do exactly what it can do. It can tell that evil one to, whoop, gone. You look at the evil one and say, uh, not today, Satan. You ain't got me, but I got the word of God. Some of you wrote down lies from last week in our worship time you were given, and you, you dropped that lie, you dropped that burden in the box, and what did you pick up? You, the perfect Bible verse. It's amazing how you take that thought and you allow God's word And God's word is what defends you. God's word is that banner over you. God's word is what you need in the middle of that fight of that temptation. 
Oh, these are good, but I got to go on. I got to keep moving. There's what, four more blanks there? Five, several. All right, so what does it mean? Okay, we've talked about it. How do we deal with temptation? Now I want to apply it, okay? So we've used temptation. We've used how do I navigate God's word and use it in the middle of temptation. But how can I use God's word on a regular basis? Like, because it's not just temptation that I'm dealing with. It's my future plans. It's uh, who to date. It's who to marry. It's all of those things. Some of y'all are like, I got to have somebody. Uh, uh, you, you need date Jesus, y'all. Date Jesus, right? Um, so here's these practical tips that I want to give you tonight. These are really practical tips. These are things that you can apply in your life right now, no matter what you're going through. If you would commit to try these simple habits, oh, I can't tell you the fruit that will come from your time in the Word. Ready? Here's the first one. One, commit in your heart to take steps with your feet to get in God's Word. It's not just thinking about getting in God's Word. It's actually getting in God's Word. I think majority of this in this room, if I sat there and said, hey, Anna, tell me, are you going to get in God's word tomorrow? I think every one of you would go, yeah, that is something with your mouth. It's a whole nother thing when your feet take you there. Would that put your money where your mouth is? You know what I mean? Rama, you know what I mean. Like that is, that's what it is. Like Rama's over there going, yeah. <laughs> if you are, if you're going to say it with your mouth, then let your feet do the walking. So that means a couple of three things. One, you need to develop a plan or find a plan. Develop a plan or find a plan. We have plans in the back. Morgan's going to talk about that here in just a minute. You need to schedule a time. Make an appointment with God. Stick to it. And number three is find a good location. One of the things that I have found in my house, I always go to the same location to get in God's Word. Hannah knows it. She sees me there every morning. It's at the end of the couch next to the lamp. I got good lighting. I sit there in a nice comfy couch. I got my pillows. I put my feet up on the coffee table. I got my word in front of me. And I am devouring God's word. A good location is a great trigger for us to do good habits. Find a good location. If it's in your bedroom or maybe in your living room or a study or different places, find a good location that you're comfortable with and start digging in God's word. Number two, get with a group of friends that talk about God's word. Get with a group of friends that talk about God's Word. There's a reason why I put talk with God's Word. There, I can't tell you how important it is to be in a group, a life group. If you're on a Sunday morning, if you're, you, if you're not in a group, y'all, come on. <laughs> don't, cause, don't come because it's social. Come because you need it. Come because you need God's Word. You need a life group leader that's going to teach you about God's Word. You're going to grow in God's Word. You're going to hear different perspectives in a group they are going to grow uh, that will help grow you in God's Word. Y'all, you need to have friends in your life that you can say, hey, I was reading the Bible the other day, and they're not going to run. Hey, this morning in my quiet time, I was, I was dealing with this passage of Scripture. Can we talk about it real quick? If you don't have friends like that in your life, mm. 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 That might need to change. Genuinely, that might need to change. And so find a group. Find a group of guys or girls that you could get together and you could talk about God's Word. And it's okay. It's not this weird, awkward thing. Because that's what it means to be a believer, to surround yourself with godly people. 
Number three, we need to confess our need. Confess your need for help from the Lord. You know, we fall off the wagon. You know what that means, right? Sometimes we're not perfect, okay? We're not perfect. We mess up. And in the moments when we do trip and fall, praise the Lord for 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of those sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Y'all, I don't know anybody that's perfect on this planet. The only one that I know that's perfect is not on this planet. He's sitting at the right hand of the throne of God. And so, y'all, we need help. We need help. We've got to have it. We need to have God in a part of our lives. You know, our lives are going to be like this. We're going to have ups and downs, ebbs and flows. But here's the one thing that remains true. God's Word. It is like a constant. It is a rock. It is a firm foundation that we can always go to. Whether you're on a high with Jesus or a low with Jesus, where you are in your relationship with the Word matters. It will be the firm foundation that you need. Number four, be aware the evil one will do everything he can to distract you from God's word. You need to know that. You need to know that. That he is going to steal, kill, and destroy. I mean, he even came after Jesus. You know, Jesus, the man, you know, our Savior, the one that holds, he's got the whole world in his hand. You know, you know the evil one said, oh, I got this. I think I can take on Jesus. And what did Jesus say? Man cannot live on bread alone, but on the word of God. Like he is quoting scripture in the face of the evil one. You know, Satan. You know, that guy. And what did Jesus use? Scripture. Isn't that a clue to you and to me? How valuable and important God's word it should be and ought to be in our lives? Man, when we're faced with temptation, we're faced with the evil one because he will come after you. He will deceive you. He'll destroy you. He wants to. If he knows you're a child of God, he's coming after you. How do you handle that temptation? Do you allow him just to peck at you? Do you allow that temptation? Or do you look him square in the face and say, oh, not today, Satan. By the power of God's word and the bloodshed Jesus Christ and the power that's within me, get behind me, Satan. And this is the power of God's word in your life. And if you choose to neglect it and you choose to allow it to collect dust, it cannot, it's not profitable to you. It just can't be. You have to open it, y'all. You have to. And here in just a second, Morgan's going to come up and she's going to kind of wrap this thing, whole thing up. And she's going to point you in a direction that we want to come alongside and equip you. We want you to experience God's word for everything that it is everything that it is. And y'all, if we're going to make it only Jesus, then this is going to be really important for us. If we're going to surrender to the complete lordship of Christ, then we have to learn how to depend on the word. And over the course of this series, we're always going to be standing on the word. We're going to allow the word to speak to us and we're going to allow the word to teach us and we're going to grow and I'm going to do my best to teach it in a way that you understand it. And if we commit to doing that together, oh, wow. The big changes that are ahead of you in your relationship with the Lord. I'd encourage you to bring God's word every time we get together. Bring God's word to Exit 15. Bring it to life groups on Sunday morning. Be a part of that and what's going on. 
The final thought I have for you, it's not up on the screen, but oh, I want to go back. Before I wrap things up and have Morgan come up here, I want to go back and I want to read the very first verse we read. After all the things we have learned, I want to go back to Psalm, Psalm 119. And let's read it again. It'll be up on the screen. How can a young person stay pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all of my heart. Do not lead me. Don't let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you. Lord, teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that shall be from my mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Did you see all the D words in that? Did you see all the practical tips just in that one verse of how we can best use God's word to defend the enemy and to find delight in it? It's amazing how God's word speaks to us that way. And the more you're in it, the better.